I love being able to talk about brands that I use on my podcast, and I've personally been using this one for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help convert food into fuel and have the added benefit of supporting healthy hair, skin, and nails. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every purchase, there is power. So show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long, because every time we buy a black led brand, we make room for another. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at Walmart. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine. Managing our money in our 20s can feel like a bit of a challenge, whether you're saving for your first car or for a big overseas trip. It can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you are trying to manage your money in your 20s or trying to run a small business, Intuit helps you take control through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair any where you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Hello and welcome back to the psychology of your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Before we jump in, I just want to note this episode involves discussions around sex, so listener discretion is advised. Hello everybody, welcome back to the show, welcome back to the podcast, new listeners, old listeners. It is so amazing to have you here, back for another episode, one that I am very, very excited about. We have a very special guest coming on board who I will introduce to you soon, but today we're going to talk about hookup culture in our 20s. It is so relevant. Our 20s are a time for sexual exploration, casual dating, casual hookups. I think for most of us, I would say we have had some experience in this area, be that just making out with someone at a party or something more intimate. It is, I would say, a fairly normal part of 
growing up of our learning experience discovering what we like what our limits are what we're into what kind of dating we enjoy what kind of relationships we enjoy but maybe like me you come out of it feeling kind of worthless maybe wanting more it's definitely not for everyone Um, and I really want to talk about how hookup culture doesn't always line up to that empowered ideology we've been told it's obviously an entirely personal preference so no need to be ashamed of if you are a fan of hookup culture if you're not um, it is for everyone to make their own opinion and um, as Louise our guest always says everything today is delivered in a sex positive way do what you want we're not here to shame anyone more so just kind of explore this kind of dynamic and the cultural sexual phenomena of hookup culture and kind of deep dive into the psychology so we're going to talk about the origins of hookup culture how it has emerged from many social and cultural transitions why some people are more into hookups and casual sex than others how it makes us feel our brains on casual sex and how you can go about navigating the sometimes complicated terrain of hookup culture. But without further ado, I would love to introduce our honoured honored special guest, Louise, would you like to say hi? Hi everyone, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am so, so enamored and obsessed by all of the work you do. And just to everyone listening, I think it's so cool that you're listening. I think there is nothing sexier, cooler, more amazing than like doing the self-work and looking inwards. So I'm so Mm. excited to go on this journey with you today. I have so much to share. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one. And I love how you bring the science and the psychology and all of the sources, you know, very trustworthy, reliable. So can't wait and thank you. Yeah, I am so excited. I feel like we're going to have a bit of an overshare today. Um, (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Louise is the host of an incredible podcast called Open House or the Open House podcast. You talk a lot about, you know, the intersections between relationships and you talk about therapy, you talk about sex, you talk about pop culture, so many amazing things. Um, So I think you are the perfect guest for this episode. Thank you. Yeah, I've definitely got a lot of stories in the dating world, the sex world, the good, Mm. the bad, the sad. You know, I've cried so many times after sex. Like we're going to just get into the realities today, Mm. but also also the beautiful. I think we're going to cover everything and I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes with you today. Yeah, well, I think that's one of those things, right, where we all know that hookup culture is part of our even our teenage years, but definitely our 20s for those of us who choose to partake as I know that both you and I have at various points (laughs) in our life Um, but there is still I think some stigma but also not always a clear or a bit of an ambiguous understanding around what it does to our brains why we leave certain casual sexual dating interactions feeling really worthless about ourselves but I think it's also important to acknowledge that we have experience these massive cultural and societal shifts recently you know it previously used to be that casual sex was not permissible you got married you had children if you were if you were a hetero person and you had sex within the confines of a married relationship and there has been that massive shift recently like I'm sure that's something you you can speak to as well like what do you think some of those major reasons are behind why this process has kind of taken place. 
Definitely. I mean, you're right with the massive social and cultural shifts. And I think that so much of that has been driven by not only like the sexual liberation move in the 60s, where people started to really, mm. you know, let go of those constraints that people had lived with for so long and, and move more into this space of freedom and love and also like acceptance of their bodies and, and really like leaning into that, which I think is really beautiful. I think that set the foundations for this. But there's still stigma around that, right? If you look back at mm. the 1960s, you know, it's like, oh, flower power. Like everyone was like having sex with everyone. Like the way that we talk about it is still with an angle or like a lens of shame, which I, I think is so interesting. But what I also think is so interesting is that I think that culture today has romanticized and fantasized all of this like if you watch a movie they fall in love they kiss they have sex you never hear them talking about like do you want to do this like have you got mm -hmm. protection like what are we going to be after this you never see any of these discussions it's just this mm -hmm. romance whirlwind and you know we just have picked that up from as, as young as we can remember with every movie every relationship mm -hmm. celebrity relationship that we've ever looked at I just feel like the media around us has sort of romanticized this this whole hookup culture and sometimes the truth is that it isn't it isn't quite as romantic as we want it to be Mm, I totally agree and like the point you make about how the meat like we get a lot of our sexual education from the media but I, I think you have an amazing point right we had that sexual revolution birth control became more accessible so you didn't have to worry about unwanted pre pregnancies out of wedlock but I feel like we still have those very traditional concepts about what a relationship should look like we're still very much a monogamous society the majority of us would say that we want a monogamous relationship we think about marriage we want to have children in a stable relationship that's still something that's very much ingrained with us within us but our kind of values and our attitudes towards sex haven't uh, have kind of sped up a little bit further in that process and we haven't really been able to to catch up in that sense and it's all been like you said actually romanticized by these movies which show like someone falling onto the bed with their like really hot movie star partner that they just met in the <laughs> bar and like they just like have this crazy sex and it's always really really good and really fulfilling I don't think I have ever seen a scene in a tv show in a movie where there has been the like what are we conversation never or like someone's been like talking to their friends around like oh like I hooked up with this guy once and now I like have lots of regrets and or I feel really bad and you know most of the time their friends are like oh yeah like single girl slay like oh like like go for it like you've left your husband whatever there's all these tropes around it and we haven't really caught up to that and like I know that you've you spoke about this before and we've spoken about this before but casual sex or casual even just like hookups like making out with someone like cuddling someone doing anything else can leave us feeling kind of empty in a way that isn't always seen in kind of the glamorized movies that we've watched since children yeah and just to build on that because you mentioned cuddling and I think this is one of the things that I've done a lot in my own therapy but also spoken about on my podcast is that often I find and I don't know if you've experienced this that sometimes honestly looking back at a hookup all I actually wanted was a cuddle 
Like sometimes all I wanted mm. was like some intimacy to maybe just be making out with them. You know, it's so fun to be like hooking up with someone in a bar or on a night out or on a date or whatever that is. And then sometimes everything sort of just runs away with you and everything picks up speed and you don't really know this person and then it's kind of hard to have that conversation before it happens much like you said and then mm. and then it happens whatever it is whatever part of the, the the encounter that is and then the next day all of a sudden you wake up to the stark reality of oh my goodness you know that actually all I wanted was a cuddle and some attention and actually it, it, mm. then the next day you feel like really empty and I think at some point maybe we can go into what that empty feeling is because everyone says oh I, I mm. feel empty or I felt used the truth is there's so much behind that and it's a really mm. really important thing for us to just all unpack and sometimes you're right you just want to cuddle and I think there is this expectation, right, because of, we've become more sexually liberated, which is a, an amazing, amazing thing. But there is always this expectation of like, OK, intimacy equals sex now. Intimacy equals some form of like, yeah, sexual encounter, which sometimes it's like we actually don't want that from someone. We actually want platonic intimacy or we want some other form of intimacy and I think it's also worth acknowledging if you're listening to this being like no part of casual sex sounds good to me or maybe you're someone who's like oh I love casual sex this is super fulfilling that's also totally normal because I think people are really different um in in kind of what we desire from our sex lives what we desire from our romantic kind of pursuits um I was telling Louise earlier about this personality measure called sociosexuality and it, it kind of measures whether someone is going to be more inclined to engage in casual sex and it's a personality feature that each of us have but we, we sit on a spectrum so I have friends I'm sure you have friends Louise or maybe I've even been this person at a point in my life where like casual sex short-term relationships no commitment that was something that was super interesting to me and something that I was like yeah I'm a big fan of this um but then there are other people who are like oh this actually isn't where I stand this is not what I'm looking for when I go into these interactions um which is like kind of shit when you're like oh maybe I actually didn't want to do this but the other person you know there was this like expectation or like um kind of like this societal pressure like I think we've almost turned away from slut shaming of course it still exists into this like very like sex is empowering so you should be having heaps of sex and if you're not having heaps of sex like there's something about you that's undesirable like have you found that as well like within your friendship group or within your own life yeah I think it's so important to touch on this point of sexual liberation and you know with the rise of feminism like you said with the rise of birth control there is this space where we are stepping into a more empowered space where it's like oh why should men be able to sleep with 10 people and no one bat an eyelid 100 people mm. and no one bat an eyelid you know more whatever that number is there's very little judging around the man and, and they might just be like oh they're a fuck boy sorry I don't know if you swear on your podcast no go for it <laughs> okay perfect you know oh they're a fuck boy but then there's also this kind of um mentality that if they're the fuck boy they're kind of attractive and everyone's into them and everyone wants them whereas like that does not happen for us and I think that it's just really interesting that you know if you look back to like Bridgerton say if you've watched that tv program the, the mm -hmm. whole thing in that is that you're waiting to be chosen by the man you know the room full of women you're waiting to be chosen 
we're moving away from that today where you're right empowerment female empowerment we can do whatever we want and so we should be able to but the truth mm. the truth is is that underneath that empowerment i still don't think we're having the truthful discussions around what do i actually want here and, and like you said mm. that point that point around intimacy is you might just want a cuddle or you might want to hook up but not have penetrative sex or because you know for, for mm. me i'm I'm well I'm in a relationship now but before I would have been way more happy having a hookup that didn't involve penetrative sex because for me I have more trauma around that and I want to know someone mm. and feel safe with them but I'd happily do other stuff and but then I have friends who would sleep with a different guy every weekend and it wouldn't mm. it wouldn't phase them at all there would be no negative emotions coming up so you're right, we're all so different and so unique. And I think it's just about being really compassionate with our own story because often we do have our own sex story and often it does come from a real, like a place of pain and, you know, mm. um, not being respected or doing things we didn't want to do or regret or shame or guilt. And when we are just a little bit clearer and more compassionate with, with our own truth, I think, I think we can then say exactly like you said what do I want from this you know do I actually mm. just want a cuddle or a date and some flirting and I think it can help help us just manage those boundaries a little bit better and it's I, I'm reminded of this quote I heard of the other day was like just because it's empowering doesn't mean it leaves you feeling empowered love that which I just think yeah it's so it's so pertinent to this conversation right it's like just because um, society has told you that you know, I think we're specifically talking to to women here uh, or people who identify as, as women. Um, just because society has told you that to be empowered, you should be having casual sex, you should be reclaiming the sexual narrative that is very much and historically very much been in the favor of men, doesn't mean that you personally have to be on board with that. Like there are other ways that you can feel liberated. Um, and I feel like sometimes sexual freedom gets confused with like sexual promiscuity which is like super fair mm. like I would say that I'm a fairly promiscuous person at this point in my life because that's my <laughs> preference I think Louise is giving me a clap <laughs> I, I'm clapping just like mainly mainly for your honor for your honesty because I feel like in my 20s like I'm older than you I would never be able to sit on a podcast and say oh yeah I'm in my promiscuous phase because I held so mm. much shame around being promiscuous because I did so many things and I felt so regretful but now like I'm older I I'm exactly the same like that's why we're here talking about this but just to hear you mm. hear you say that I'm like oh my goodness this is this is a healthy queen like I love to hear it oh. I love to hear it <laughs> you made my day but I think that it's it comes from like a point of like okay I'm in like whatever my promiscuous era but the thing is that I'm not and, and even then I would say that hookup culture um, still doesn't always benefit me because you both have to be in the same mindset if you if this is a casual interaction for it to work like I've had so many interactions in which I know in my deepest of hearts that I am a I'm a relationship girly like I in my long in my in the long run would love commitment, would love a partner, would love someone who I can trust and talk to. Um, but at this point in my life, that's not something that's like is going to fit in with how busy I am, yeah. with my schedule, with my life priorities. But you know, girls got to eat. Girl, like, girls like, got to eat, and we do have biological needs, you know. And it's it's really yeah. like how I think I think just to your point, it's like what does empowerment mean to you? 
what does empowerment mm. mean to you? Like for me, I've realized that empowerment means protecting my energy, protecting my body until I feel safe enough with someone and un mm. understand the truth of their intentions that I can then share my body with them, share my pleasure with them, share the experience with them. Mm. And that for me is empowering. Whereas before when yeah. I was younger, I didn't have any of those things. So I always went into the promiscuous box rather than the sexually yeah. empowered. Like I wasn't sexually empowered or sexually liberated when I was younger. I was just being driven to promiscuity I'm not even sure if that's a word by so yeah. so many parts of me that were looking for love and looking for validation and looking for attention and that's mm. that's not that's for me that wasn't empowering and it really really hurt me but I think when you do the work and you start to do this work and the healing you realize like oh yeah I can I can do this in a more empowered way because empowered to me means xyz and it's different for everyone Oh, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. I feel like you're like a mentor to me. You're like, oh. I'm like your younger self, but I, I feel like I'm I'm coming out of it. Like, I actually, I know this. Like, um, I went on this date with someone recently and it was like super casual. It was without giving details. <laughs> we love details. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe later. Maybe we do an R-rated cut of this. But it was it was a hookup, right? Whatever you want to apply to that. And I was like, yeah, I've done this before. Like, this is fun. And then like three days, like for the next three days, I just was like, I actually just don't feel great about myself. I actually feel like I really liked this person and I would have actually really enjoyed to getting to know them. And I made that clear to them and they were like, oh, I didn't think that's what we were doing. And I was like, all right. I oh. think that I've, yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh. that feels, yeah, yeah, literally I was like, uh, I was like, that just feels so awful. But I also was like, okay, like, I think I'm done here. Like, this this actually isn't perhaps what I want. I think that although I was making those choices and although it, like, fit with, with the lifestyle I have right now and I'm quite young and I want to explore um, and, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that I'm trying to deal with from previous relationships that I think wouldn't be helpful to bring into a new relationship to mm. until that's resolved. It's important um, to kind of maybe know my boundaries around mm. commitment. I still think it's one of those things where I was like, I in some way have come to think that having sex with someone casually is going or doing something with someone casually is going to make me feel better because in the past it's made me feel better and it no longer is doing that. Mm. And like the more research I did into it and also just anecdotal experience the more I was like, okay, like the part of my brain that enjoys this now ha is growing up. It's maturing. Um, I actually want to talk about this study because I think it's really interesting here, which was a study done in the US and it interviewed both men and women the morning after a hookup. Super fascinating. 82% of men were like, yeah, pretty happy that I did that. Glad that they'd done it. Only 57% of women. So like... I do also think it's a gendered thing in some ways as well. Like feelings like regret are more likely to impact women, emotional difficulties, a sense of a loss of respect, um, even like difficulties with, with a, uh, a steady partner in the future, embarrassment, like none of that to scare anyone. But I think it's something that as you mature as well and you realize that it's not all glamorous and romantic, you start to be like, oh, there actually are emotional consequences to this. And it's okay to be someone who says, this isn't for me. 
like do you does that kind of relate to you like did you have some of that experience as well when you moved out of your promiscuity era (laughs) oh my goodness yes and I think that is it is such a gendered topic I'm so glad you brought up that study because it is such a fascinating study and I think that is the research that also said that more women than men hoped that a relationship would develop following a hookup and exactly yeah and that they also identified more emotional involvement than the men and I think it's so important that there's research being put behind these things because we always say you know we make these sweeping generalizations like oh men love casual sex men find casual sex way easier than women Mm. it's awesome to actually start to put some statistics behind that and this ties me to my point of silence which is that Mm. what I find in general hookups casual hookups casual sex is there's an element of silence right like you said Mm. you didn't communicate to this guy that you went on a date with before maybe because you weren't aware at that point or maybe because you didn't feel comfortable you didn't want to come on too strong you didn't communicate Mm. like hey I'm super up for being intimate with you but I kind of think that I'd also like this to maybe become something else you know how Mm. how do you feel about that And it's this element of silence. And if you have the hookup and you have silence, then what I find happens is we add our own meaning. We add our own intention and we add our own like story around their intention. And when I was younger, maybe when I was your age, they'd give me attention and I think it was intention. I'd be like, oh my God, Mm. this is going to be something. Like, oh my goodness, this, we might be boyfriend or girlfriend. Like this might be something. And, and, you know, with attachment wounds and attachment hunger as well, you also can end up going into the, oh my God, this is it. This is my person. Like they're going to save everything. Yes. Yeah. Like, exactly. (laughs) Oh no, honestly, I'm like, I've been there too. So I'm like, no, no shame, no judgment. But it's that silence. When you have silence, we add our own meaning. And I just think it's so great that we're starting to have some of that research that you just pulled out there to start to just share the truth that, yes, sometimes women maybe do experience more emotional. um, Like emotional uh, expectations almost. Yeah, emotional expectations, emotional involvement, and maybe even emotional damage. That sounds a bit strong, but I think the research shows that like women... Mm. get they regret it more they maybe feel more upset about it afterwards or Mm. guilty and so I think it's important to talk about that yeah and I think it also comes to this point of like sexes is yeah physical interaction it's great it feels amazing but it's also very emotionally nuanced um and Mm. something I think that's something that we should be aware of because I will just make it make a claim for like the, the positive impacts which this study also found which i think are worth noting boosts in self-esteem sexual pleasure relaxation it's a really great physical outlet and one really interesting one was self-awareness mm. um which i thought was really really interesting when i was thinking about my own history where i was like from all of these casual hookups or even casual relationships I have taken an important lesson and I think it does teach you what you want. Like, and I think that that's where I'm at at this point, at this emotional turning point where I'm like, this actually isn't what I want. I feel like in some ways I have been slightly indoctrinated into thinking that it is. And for many of my friends, it is what they want. I'm like power to you. I cannot wait to live vicariously through all of your stories, (laughs) but it's like sex is, I think sometimes can be, a lot of the emotions can be removed when we put it in a casual context, but that doesn't mean that the emotions aren't still lingering somewhere, right? Mm. Like it might not be committed. It might not be based in like very pure 
ephemeral love but with any intimate interaction it's like it's not like your brain is separate from your body here like there will be neurotransmitters that are fired there will be interactions that are going on in your brain that you can't always control one of those is that attachment that you talk about and Mm. how I think as the study shows specifically women have this expectation of like where is this gonna go I want more um which I think is interesting when we talk about like the brain because Mm. we know sex feels great we've said that a million times and casual sex is a great outlet right but sex also comes with a lot of physical and mental experiences um including like the release of neurochemicals like oxytocin and dopamine and those hormones those neurochemicals they are important for things like bonding and they're important for things like attachment feeling safe um, feeling secure those hormones do not understand the difference between casual sex and committed sex like if the pleasure is the same it's going to respond the same which is why sometimes we might have that feeling of, of hurt or of unrequited longing after we have encountered someone and and done whatever with them and it's not even necessarily sex that releases that like things like oxytocin it can literally be released from um you know holding hands with someone or getting a really nice hug like we talked about before um which I think is why people naturally get attached especially if you haven't you know especially if something that you've done with a partner is like bringing you a lot of joy um suddenly you can find that even against your will you are you have this like connection with this person I don't know if you've had this where you've been like I knew this was casual I knew this was casual but still you're like waiting for the text or still you're like oh what more is going to come from this I am so glad you brought up waiting for the text because I think it's really important that we talk about cortisol in this like formula as well because you're right you know our oxytocin is soaring because our body is bonding physically and it thinks we're going to bond more and there's these expectations of bonding so that's rising But then also what can be rising in the next few days afterwards is the cortisol, which is the stress hormone, right? Because if you are stressed and you leave and you're waiting for them to text you, waiting for them to call you, maybe you did something that you didn't want to do. Maybe you took things a little bit faster and you wish you'd taken things a bit slower. The the stress hormone cortisol is going to be flooding through your body too. And I think that also if you have an anxious attachment style, and I'm not sure if how, how much you talk mm. about attachment styles, but I talk about them all the time because it's something that, you know, understanding mm. my attachment style helped me understand myself so much better. But that can help you understand why the next few days can be really, really stressful, even if you enjoyed the hookup in the moment. Because I think what we're saying is we're not saying like, oh, you know, we hate every second of the hookup. Like, no, we we, we enjoy the hookup mm. sometimes. You know, the hookup can be really fun. It can be really exhilarating. It's sometimes just the, the space after the hookup, the emptiness, like you said, but also the, the, the slightly tight feeling in your chest and you're looking at their, their phone, mm. your, your, yeah, your, your phone, their WhatsApp, you know, they're online, they're not texting me back. Like, oh, why did I do that? Like, I shouldn't have done that. And that's when you can also be flooded with cortisol and and it's just not a nice feeling. So I think you're right. Just having compassion and grace for ourselves in understanding that so many of these feelings are working at a neurotransmitter level 
that we can just understand mm. this is our biology at play here and I think it can help us understand these intense feelings just a little bit more mm. and I love that you brought up cortisol because I think that that is such a valuable part of of that kind of equation and that interaction that's happening in our brain the other one is the um, oxytocin crash so mm. oxytocin is like it's triggered often by intimate relations like I said it could be triggered by like getting a massage from you know seeing a really beautiful tree or the ocean I don't know anything that brings you joy but the thing is that in those instances where it is something like a little bit less intense um, something that might actually be more common as well something that doesn't also have some of that taboo associated with it and you know there's a difference between having casual sex with someone and seeing the ocean um it brings up different feelings obviously (laughs) um but those like those um kind of activities it's not so much of a spike it's just this like gradual peak and then plateau um Mm. and it feels really really lovely it's like when you eat a banana when you're really hungry and you get those like natural levels of like glucose and sugar but it's like if you eat like a massive bag of candy and you yeah. haven't eaten like any sugar for like a couple of weeks and you're just like stuffing your face with it and you're like, yes, <laughs> you're going to have this sugar high, right? You're going to feel amazing. You're going to be like, yes, I want to eat candy all the fucking time. Like, yeah, like high on high on life, yeah. literally like buzzing. <laughs> That's literally what oxytocin does. It's like it's the same uh kind of neurotransmitter drug receptor that's used in a lot of illicit substances as well so it's also something to note but we have this crash we have this crash this come down um especially when the oxytocin isn't prolonged by things like aftercare or things like Mm. and for, for those of you who don't know what aftercare it's like having a cuddle after you've hooked up with someone or doing something that engages in that pleasurable part of your brain but has more to do with bonding and comfort and security and safety um so if that's not sustained what we're going to see is that really intense crash would do you have something to say about that i feel like that's something that you could probably speak to as well yeah i'm just so happy you said the word aftercare Mm. because it's something that's still not spoken about much but is so so important Mm. i think that i think there's studies showing that if there is aftercare involved in a sexual encounter it changes the entire way that you process and experience the encounter and something as simple as a cuddle an intimate encounter Mm. a conversation after that hookup can change the whole experience and help you like wean off the crash almost Mm. and I think I'm probably not alone in that moment that you know it's finished maybe they roll over they pick up their phone maybe they just jump and get in the shower on their own Mm. and you're just like lying there and you're alone and and for me like oh I can feel the emotion Mm -hmm. now like I've been in that situation so many times you're just like oh like it's just an oh like you're not gonna start well maybe you will start crying there and if Mm. you do that's absolutely okay because it's like a release of emotion but it's definitely like a, oh, you know, they, they've got up, they've left. Maybe they just go and take a phone call, head to the kitchen, what, whatever it is that they do. I just think that that aftercare piece is so important. And if you are engaging in a hookup, I would say don't be ashamed to say, like, I'm so excited to do this. But it's really important for me that 
you know we can have a cuddle afterwards yeah. like it elevates the whole the, like the whole experience for me and I think it's just about delivering that like we said everything here is sex positive just just deliver it in a positive way like I always love saying it would help me elevate the experience because mm. it's like that's so cool it's something that they can do really easy that can help experience like develop the experience even more for you they should want to do that for you right yeah. if they get a- if they get access to you your time your energy your emotions your body and you say to them like hey I'd love to have a cuddle if they if they don't want to do that if they won't give you that yeah I think it says it says everything about the hookup and that they probably don't deserve to be hooking up with you again oh yeah it makes it seem so transactional doesn't it where you're like right you're like wow I feel like we just you know exchanged cash at a supermarket like <laughs> I've had that experience before and I remember just being like wow I've never felt more empty in my life I was like oh. and it was so sad and I, I remember being like to myself um, like I'm never going to have that experience ever again that is not for me um, much more selective now I would say but also just like I think this kind of links to what I really want to talk to you about next which is we're obviously most of us in our 20s or I would say yeah I would say the majority of us are having sex and probably having some form of casual sex or casual intimacy if that's where you're at in your life right now and I think something that's not spoken about much is, you know, we talk, people give a lot of relationship advice, right? Like there's so much, uh, so many podcasts, so many articles, so many TikToks, so much information about there, out there around how to have a healthy, long-term, stable relationship, but not so many about how to have a healthy hookup. So what's some of the advice that you would give? What's some of the things that you would, because you obviously have such great language and dialogue around this. I feel like it needs to be to be shared. Oh, bless you. Thank you. So yeah, the first one that we've already spoken about, I would say is just knowing your truth. Mm. And I think that you need to understand and connect with yourself before the hookup even starts, because you can't really decide it in the moment. Because like we've said, there's so many neurotransmitters flying around that sometimes that will impair our judgment. So the first one is just understanding where you're at in your life right now, what you want, and just agreeing some some boundaries around that, you know, saying to yourself, I'm just going to commit that I'm going to stick within these boundaries because I know that this is going to make me feel better in the long run. Mm. So yeah, the first the first one is is knowing your truth. The second one, like I've said, is communication. And it feels awkward to to have this communication sometimes before a hookup, particularly if we don't know them very well, yeah. which is often where I find that this hookup count this this hookup culture sits. But I think it's just about practicing really small like sound bites of communication. You don't need to sit them down and say, this is my backstory. This is my sex story. This is what I've gone through. So this is what I want from you. Mm. Like it doesn't need to, doesn't need to be like that. I think it's just about starting to have small dialogues around saying, I'm really excited to hook up with you. Um, you know, I prefer to take things slower whilst I get to know you. So maybe the first few times we hang out, like, you know, we could just get to know each other. If you want to slow things down with them, say that. Mm. If you don't and you, and you want to go right into it, communicate with that that with them you know right now I'm not looking for a relationship so for me this is just going to be a hookup and I'm, I'm really excited how do you feel about that because you know we're coming at this from our angle as women but actually it might be that they want or don't want a relationship so just having that light touch point I think 
is really important. And I guess, you know, after the communication also brings us to the point of consent, which I think consent is the sexiest thing in the world. And I can't wait, I can't wait until the world catches up with that belief that it, it's, it should be the sexiest part of the conversation. You know, I, I wanna do this with you. How do you feel about that? Oh, so it's kind of, but like Louise, it kind of is so hot. Like when a guy's yeah. like, is this nice? And you're like, Thank you so much for asking me that. Like honestly, I I I when I was like 20, I swear this guy asked me when we were hooking up. He said, "Does that feel good for you? Tell me what I can do differently." Or like he said, does this feel good for you? Tell me what you want me to do so it can feel even better. And I was just like, this was the first guy that had ever like communicated to me in the bedroom because wow, like hookups are silent, right? We don't, yeah. yeah. And I, I like fell in love with him literally. I was like, oh my God, like you are, uh, you are incredible. So I love it as well. I just think like, don't be ashamed of it. Just be like, you use your voice in the bedroom. Like even mm. if you have to start really small. Mm. oh yeah absolutely and I think also it's such a great um kind of like almost it's such a great vetting system to understand where you want to go with this person something that we've obviously said throughout this episode is you know hookups don't always mean having full-blown intercourse and having sex like it doesn't always mean that so if you're at like that first stage where you've like you know made out with someone at a party like having that kind of like conversation um to be like oh where is this going like what does this feel like is like so so valuable gets you on the same page um and also just like make sure that you're able to be like okay this person just got out of a long-term relationship am I going to be a rebound if that's maybe that's like maybe that's your specialty all power to you like maybe you have that healing energy, love it. Um, but maybe you're like, I don't need to deal with that emotional baggage. Let's move on. And it's also like a really good way of like determining like if they are respectful of that conversation, maybe you do want to move forward. If they're not, that's a really great place to end things when you're having a discussion around boundaries, barriers, history, if you are having that or consent, like it's such a great place to start, right? You can learn so much about someone. Yeah, and I think also just on that point, like I love this quote, which is basically something along the lines of, are you using are you using sex as the honey or the glue? Like, are you using it as wow. something, yeah, to try and get them to like you, to love you, to be interested in you? Like when I was younger, I would lead with the sex and then hope they'd fall for me, hope they'd decide they want a relationship, hope they'd decide like, oh, hey, this chick's cool. Like I I'm up for hanging out with her again. But what I've learned as I've got older is that it should actually be the other way around. Like you build the foundations of something and then you use the sex as like the add-on. Like, okay, yeah, we're now gonna have this incredible, pleasurable, powerful hookup. And mm. I just think it's so interesting to ask like, oh yeah, like am I leading with this hookup hoping for something more? Or am mm. I leading with this hookup because actually all I want is a hookup. And again, mm. it ties back to the, the first point that I said, what's your truth? Then you yeah. can be empowered, then you can communicate it and then you can go with it and have an amazing experience, whatever that looks like. Oh, wise words from a wise woman. <laughs> um, one more question, cause I just feel like we have to just quickly talk about this. Yes. Because we've talked about how sometimes, you know, there are these studies that have been done that show 
kind of an emotional response that isn't always positive. Sometimes it's regret. Sometimes it's embarrassment. Um, any advice for what to do then? Like sometimes, you know, you can't take back what's been done. Sometimes it can leave you in a place where you just feel really worthless and useless and gross about yourself. So where do you go from there? What, what do you think your perspective on that is? Yes. So what I love here is understanding the difference in the concepts of like regret versus shame. And I'm sure mm. you've touched on this a lot in your podcast, but for me, they're very different things. The, the regret is about a specific act or experience, whereas the shame is mm. about us so something like about the core of our being so the regret can be something like oh I regret having intercourse with them I regret hooking up with them I regret having sex with them like I wish I hadn't done it that soon but the shame is deeper it's I shouldn't have done that because I gave my body away I'm mm. not worthy like I'm dirty I'm empty like they go a lot deeper so they're both really difficult emotions to deal with but I would definitely just start with understanding that differentiation and that mm. can then help you understand what comes next because if it's just regret you can be like okay why am I regretful okay because I was drunk because I was high because I had you know I did something that I didn't want to do that I wouldn't have done if I was in a state of mind in a different state of mind you can be like okay mm. cool next time when I see this person, I'm not going to drink or I'm going to drink less at the next party or I'm not mm. going to smoke or whatever that is. You can mm. just make some like really rational decisions to change and reduce the likelihood of the regret. Mm. Now with the shame, it, it goes a lot deeper. And I think that's something where therapy can just be so helpful to work through because sometimes your friends can help you process the regret, but it's really like a therapist that can help you process the shame you know where oh, did that absolutely. come from yeah where where did that develop so I think my first point here is like understanding that difference in regret and shame mm. can really help you like navigate what comes next and, and navigate those really difficult feelings mm. and is it a question of self-worth as well I think that that is a massive component and a massive emotional component of of casual sex is self-worth something that we could do probably a whole new a whole nother deep dive on it <laughs> but it's not something that's going to be I think healed overnight I think also yeah. we have a habit of sometimes suppressing unpleasant emotions which isn't really going to help you on the long run because if you have left something casual if you've left a hookup feeling really bad about yourself doing that again it might mm -hmm. be might ex it might um, make the situation worse or it might put you back into this place of, of spiraling in this place of shame so addressing it head on and actually taking time to process the shame like you spoke mm -hmm. about the deeper emotional response and reaction that you're having will definitely benefit you in the long run rather than running away from the feeling hiding from the feeling suppressing the feeling yeah, I think it's so important, your point around suppressing and then the ongoing cycles. Because if you don't process the uncomfortable emotions, you just push them down. And then what happens? Oh, it gets to the weekend, you go out mm -hmm. again, you get drunk again, and the same cycles, they just repeat. And that was me, you know, for so many years of partying in my early 20s, it would almost be like every weekend I'd do something. Well, not every weekend. That's like, yeah. that's like, a, that's like a lot of hookups. <laughs> it wasn't like that many hookups, but it would be, you know, cycles of of doing things I regret and then and then having to deal with the repercussions so you're so right about just feeling and I, I think that not suppressing piece 
is like a longer term piece, like learning yes. how to feel, learning how to process. Like it's a journey. I'm way older than you. I'm still learning how to process and feel. Like this morning before we came on here, I like watched a video of these elephants like stuck in the mud. And <gasps> and, the, and the, the mom was like covering the baby with her trunk. And I was like, I wanna cry. And I was like, don't be so stupid. And, and I was like, no cry like yeah. if if you're really sad that they thought they were going to die there together and the mum was like had oh and do you know what I stood in my bedroom as a 30 something year old woman I just bawled my eyes out over these elephants and I was yeah. like this is this is doing the work these yeah. tiny moments where we want to cry over an elephant on an Instagram story <laughs> it's doing the work it's the little things right and it yeah. is something that I think applies to everything when you feel negative emotions when you feel complicated emotions nuanced emotions ambiguous emotions the worst thing you can do is actually not sit with them and really stay in touch with how you feel how you're responding to a situation so that you know when we talk about casual sex again like if it's something that maybe isn't for you you don't want to figure that out like three years down the track and then have to deal with like all of these what ifs and all of this Mm -hmm. I guess in this instance regret and shame it'd be so much more beneficial to you if you really sat with your emotions and were able to process them in the moment obviously it's something that you learn over time we don't have like a checklist for you unfortunately that would be worth a lot of money but um (laughs) we we should put that together (laughs) yeah we really should next collab (laughs) yeah exactly um I think another thing that's really really important to talk about here is like we've spoken about the longer term piece like the shame regret suppression Mm. I think what's also so important is like understanding what you can do in the 24 48 72 hours after the hookup to help that oxytocin crash to help Mm. that like help that cortisol spike and I think that what I've found is often after hookups that I regretted I'd feel very cold like emotionally cold is how my therapist um, describes it and fearful and regretful and I just would not feel good I, I I would kind of just want to isolate myself or I'd go the other way and just go out partying again mm. so I think it's about really acknowledging like okay I don't feel good what can I do in the next 24 48 72 hours to help balance those neurotransmitters so mm. for me it's you know they say that oh you shouldn't you shouldn't numb on the sofa with a Netflix and a pizza but for me that is the best thing that I can do that next day is to be like in the evening, to be warm, to have a bath, to put mm. on some really comfy pajamas, to watch a really easy movie that's happy, to have a pizza, like have something that's like warm and feels a bit naughty. Mm. And then to, to have an early night, like I always say everything is more manageable the next day like after a good night's sleep so if you are feeling horrible emotions that day and if you want to text them okay write it in your notes write down yes yeah what you want to say and I say this isn't suppression I just say leave it 24 hours and I guarantee you that when you come back to that note the next day after a good night's sleep after the alcohol or the drugs or whatever it is that you know has been involved in this encounter has worn off after the crash is starting to come down you'll look at that message and maybe like if you're like me you'll be like thank goodness I didn't send that message like oh my goodness and then you can you can navigate it in the 48 to 72 hour mark when you're feeling a little bit more balanced a little bit more calm a bit more cared for you can text them and you can say 
appreciate your time the other night. It brought up some uncomfortable emotions for me. So I don't think this is a situation that I want to do with you again. But I do think you're you're great. You're super handsome. Like I had so much fun. Um, you know, maybe that's it. You end it there, or mm. whatever your truth, whatever your truth is. I think you can just send a gentle message, so you're not silenced, so you're mm. not suppressed. And I think that that kind of seventy-two hour window after a hookup. You can be like, okay, what can I do in here that can make me feel better in the time that if you take hookups badly, mm. is gonna is gonna make you feel the worst. And I'm gonna say I do this tip, I do this trick where when I'm feeling super emotional about something, and my first instinct is to like say something immediately in the moment yep. to have my have my fury moment, to have my emotional outlet. I yep. write it down or I write it in my notes app and I just leave it. I wait till I have yeah. a clear head. And that's if, if you're someone who really does struggle with kind of the emotional complications and nuances of casual sex, of hookup culture, it might be really, really important. And, you know, shout out to the people who are still listening to this who are like, I love casual sex. I hook up all the time. I am so proud of you. Like, go, yes. go for it. Go for it. You're you're very lucky that you like, I kind of wish I could be that person. I think I was trying to make myself that person for a long time. Um, uh, but I'm just not. So live your truth, whatever that may be. Like yeah. you said, Louise. Oh, I love that. And I feel the same, you know, if that's you, I'm so envious. Like, mm. I wish like I could have had more um, just like fun sexual encounters because by the age of like 25, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like mm. I really from the age of 25 onwards, I really slept with like four people mm. because it was like I only slept with boyfriends thereafter. Mm. And sometimes I was like, oh, I, I there were five years in my 20s where like I could have had way more promiscuous fun. So mm. if that's if that's you, enjoy it for me and Gemma because yes, we're not doing it as much as you. And I love it. We do need more empowerment in the world. And if you're in that empowered category where it feels great for you, you love it, then kudos to you. And I love that for you. Yeah, I honestly do. And it's like that saying, right? Like what what is empowerment might not always feel empowering, but if it is empowering to you, like, yeah, kudos, kudos. Yeah, kudos. I've literally yeah. never said the word kudos before, but kudos. I know, it's a beautiful word, isn't it? Well, yeah, kudos. <laughs> kudos. <laughs> well, I want to say kudos to Louise for coming on. Look at that. What a smooth transition that was. Um, I, I really hope that if you're still listening, you have very mentally enjoyed this episode. Louise, thank you so much for your wisdom and your kind words. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm just grateful that you've allowed me to bring a bit of my real life into your incredible science-backed episodes. I think you give everyone exactly what they need to learn. And I just love this little bit of human human Aww. touch and lived experience. So I've really loved doing this with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was honestly amazing. And probably one of my favorite episodes. I will also just give you a plug. If you're not listening to Louise's podcast, The Open House Podcast, it is incredible. It is amazing. There are so many discussions, much like this one, um, that that are available there and that you should absolutely go and listen to if you want to expand your mind, you want to hear more information. 
Um, I feel like this was just the the collab that needed to happen. It was the episode that needed to happen. So um, thank you so much once again. And if you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening right now. It really does help the show to grow and reach new people. Feel free to share this episode with a friend who might need to hear it. You never know. And if you want to be more involved with the community, you want to know what's coming up, what guests we have on the show, merch, things like that, please follow us at That Psychology Podcast and have a lovely, lovely week. We will be back soon with another episode. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair and Anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock, one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8am to 8pm with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour. It is the perfect time to try, like and share black lead products. It's free, it's for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choice at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.